And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torrezani. Well, I'm so excited. I am here with Carrie Song on Emotional Support. And I already am a super fan of Carrie's, um, whether she knows it or not, because I'm obsessed with her food, Abbott's Butcher, that I was so lucky to try a couple weeks ago. It's just super delicious, and we will get into that. But there is so much more to your story, and I'm so excited to be chatting with you because I just also found out that you're a fellow mother, um, and so you understand Mm -hmm. this sleep-deprived what's my life? Where are my nipples and my boobs? Um, who am I as an individual and how do I keep a company going? Um, lifestyle. So this is going to be a great conversation. So Carrie, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and yes, I can relate to everything you just said. So (laughs) completely empathize. Oh my gosh. Well, when I was reading about you, we have a, a mutual friend, Jen, who introduced us and Um, you know, she had sent me, you know, some little clippets of your bio and stuff. And there were so many things that I got so excited about. First of all, female entrepreneur, you know, mother, badass, taking over the world, you know, with our body being healthy. And I wanted to really get into what is it like for you? I mean, you went through all these health, you know, struggles and all this stuff and why you changed your whole lifestyle. But how did you start from not being this healthy health food, I'm going to start this company to then getting to where we are now. I think like, where's the root of Carrie? You know, what were you like when you were younger? Were you into healthy lifestyle? Were you into sports? Were you athletic? You know, how, how does, how did you make such a drastic change? Cause so many of us out there want to be able to do that and don't know how to start. Yeah, for sure. You know, the interesting thing is even before I was um, diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, you know, long before that, I just always had thought I was living a really healthy lifestyle. Mm. Um, I grew up in Southern California with parents who were both very focused on healthy eating. My dad is a ER doctor and um, we didn't have red meat in the house often. Um, no junk food, you know, I mean, back then I look at what we ate and there's definitely a lot of processed foods, sure. but, but at the time you know, that the, wasn't what junk food was, yes. what we assumed it was, you know, a hundred percent. Exactly. Um, you know, always had played sports, very active family, um, you know, and then in college I made the decision to go a uh, vegetarian. Mm. And for me, it was really decision driven by animal welfare, Um, Even sustainability at that point, people weren't necessarily connecting the food on our plate with what was happening in the environment. Right. Um, And I just figured not eating meat, not eating, you know, uh, dairy, I I must be healthy. I'm working out. But 12 years ago, I was diagnosed with this really serious autoimmune disorder that put me in the hospital for three years. um, Going back. Yeah, I went back and forth every eight weeks to get an infusion medication, which was an immunosuppressant. So suppressed my immune system. So, you know, a cold would turn into a flu for me, <gasps> lost 30 pounds, lost a lot of my hair. I uh, was just really well, struggling. If you don't mind me to- asking, what was the first sign of you finding out that you had this auto or, or not that you found out, but like that you were like, oh my gosh, something doesn't feel like right inside me. Like, how do you even find out with that? a lot of gastrointestinal issues. Wow. Wow. And, um, 
Yeah. And so it was ulcerative colitis. And so once I was diagnosed, you know, they put me on so many different medications, all of which had severe side effects. One of them gave me something called pericarditis. So that landed me in the hospital for a different reason. Wow. So it was years of trying to figure find a medication that actually, you know, quote unquote work. Yeah. Like trial and error. We, yeah. Yeah. And once we even found that, you know, going and getting hooked up to an infusion every eight weeks is just not a life, you it's know, not with, a life. with the side no. effects, you know, how many times, you know, your veins would end up collapsing from so many needles being put into your arms. <sighs> And so I was desperate and I thought I have to take back control of my health and I want to find a holistic way to treat my body so that I'm not slave to medication the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just dove into research uh, about my immune system. What I learned is that 70% of your immune system actually lives in your gut. So this underscores the importance of gut health and your microbiome and the positive, you know, the beneficial bacteria that you're growing and really all let roads led to diet. And so I started to look really hard at what I was eating, turn over the package, read the ingredient list, vast majority of the ingredients I could barely understand, mm-hmm. especially in meat alternatives, yes. cellulose, maltodextrin, what's soy isolate, what are even natural flavors? It, and I always the, wondered what is a natural flavor? I'm like, what's natural about it? If it's a flavor, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. You know, the funny thing is it's such a misnomer. Um, Basically, a natural flavor is just any a type of flavor additive Mm. has to be derived or altered from a natural plant or animal substance, whereas artificial flavors are just derived from petroleum products. But the loophole is that the FDA does not restrict any other ingredients from going into that. So you can add preservatives, you can have solvents. And then, you know, these companies get to hide behind the umbrella term of natural flavors because they're not required to to disclose those ingredients. Oh my gosh. So, and that's terrifying. And they're in everything. Oh yeah. It's literally in everything, in every, you know, and I don't know about you, but for me, well, I think obviously for you, it's, it came before even you had a child. But for me now, I'm even more concerned about what she's eating and what she's putting inside Absolutely. of her, her body. And it's funny because I've been a vegetarian my whole life, but I never, I never tried meat before. I don't know what chicken tastes like. It's something that I never had because as a baby, I was a vegetarian. So for me, mm-hmm. I never craved, um, you know, like a fake meat alternative when I was, you know, in high school or when, when things were, those were getting popular, it was something that I never went to. I never had an impossible burger before because I was like, I don't know what a burger tastes like. So I wouldn't even know to compare like if it tastes good or if it doesn't taste good, you know, or if it tastes the same, you know, I'm like, it just tastes good. Like it tastes like something else, you know, but I didn't never knew what to Mm -hmm. compare it to. So it's so funny because I never had to look into what the ingredients were inside these things until recently where I'm like, okay, she's a vegetarian, but I want to make sure that she's getting the right proteins and she's getting, you know, the right nutrients. And when you read stuff, you're like, how could anyone put this in their child? Like it blows my mind. And they're like, oh, all these people are like, oh, it's so healthy. It's good for them. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you reading what's inside this one puff? Like, am I crazy? <laughs> I, completely. And it's um, 
really, I mean, now I just believe it's the responsibility of brands um, to do the right thing because, you know, the government doesn't step in and, you know, impose certain regulations that they really should. And there's a lot of clever marketing out there that might make a product seem very healthy and very nutrient uh, dense when it's not. And, you know, so the more, yeah. And the more I learned about these and um, the more I realized, wow, I have to cut everything that's made with any sort of chemical additive, any, you know, chemical solvent, preservatives, et cetera, out of my diet. And I adopted a whole foods plant-based diet, Mm. but, you know, a couple months later, just really struggling a, to find great sources of protein. There's only so many cans of chickpeas you can eat and B, um, just kind of sick of lentil loaves and, hummus and protein powders for smoothies. And I thought, you know, that's the beauty of meat alternatives is regardless, vegan, vegetarian, flexitarian, you just want something that makes it really easy to cook your favorite meals. Yep. Something a way that's easy to get protein Mm -hmm. and that satisfies a craving that you might have. Totally. And so, and that's where I thought, okay, there needs to be a plant-based protein that not only has a taste and texture I'm craving, but it's made with ingredients that I can stand behind and, and that I can trust. What about like for the people though that, you know, I, I mean, cause I talk about this a lot. I talk about healthy eating and how important it is. And so many people will be like, oh my gosh, yes, but it's so expensive, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, and I do find that because I'll go to a Whole Foods or an Erewhon or something and the prices are just like ridiculous. And then I go to a Costco or I go, you know, I don't know, to like Vons, like, you know, a basic supermarket and things are so much cheaper, but then they're not the best quality and stuff. And it's, it's so, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like this is a bigger issue than, than just, you know, like, what can you do, Carrie? Um, but (laughs) it's all riding on you. Um, but, uh, but I think it is such a bigger issue because so many people are so frustrated. They're like, we have five kids. Like, how do you expect us to be going through this? Sometimes you just want your kid to just be quiet and you need to give them, you know, whatever, happy meal just to keep them quiet and, and go on with your day. And it's like, that's, what's so frustrating, right? It's like, it's expensive. It's hard to get. It's not accessible in, you know, middle of America, we'll say, you know, it's really, Mm -hmm. it's really tough. What would you say to someone who maybe was having a hard time and is like, how can I find like more of a cheaper alternative? You know, what do you do? Yeah. No, that's a really good question. I've definitely traveled to a lot of areas where it's a complete food desert. And, you know, I mean, I was traveling a lot um, last year and I just remember being in certain stores where, you know, even the produce uh, section of the market, forget organic, but just the produce section was like this, you know, three feet and a pretty large store. And it was just really sad, you know, what these people um, had as far as variety and selection. But, you know, I mean, on one hand, you know, I think it might sound trite, but what you're eating, it's an investment. Like I spend the most money on food Mm -hmm. more than anything, more than clothes, anything, anything in my life, because I look at it as a true investment, not in just like, uh, prophylactically as far as like health issues in the future, but honestly, my mood every day, yeah. my, like how I feel, um, my energy levels, my brain function, everything to me starts in the gut. So like that is my number one investment. Cause I really do see food as medicine. It is medicine. Um, it, it helps. It, I mean, I can see such a change in myself and my mental health 
when I'm eating poorly and I'm eating just fast food or something gross, or if I put something healthy in my body, truly, I mean, your gut and your brain, the connection is there. It's so real. 100%. Totally. so real. And, um, you know, it's just, it is frustrating. I empathize with people because it's complete BS. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. Oh, I swear all the time. It's um, complete bullshit. Exactly. It is bullshit. Yeah. It is bullshit when so many companies, they just try to cut corners and so they'll use additives. It's a lot easier to produce something at scale Mm. by using preservatives, um, different color additives, um, flavor stabilizers like gums. Um, You know, it's a lot easier and it makes a product cheaper, but then in turn, people suffer for their health. Sure. So- you know, buying whole ingredients. I mean, I buy, we buy all of our nuts at Costco, for example, a lot of the produce there. And then, you know, there's certain things we just splurge on. And, you know, I look at that as again, like an investment in health. And I I know it's a privilege to be able to do that. So I would say for anyone just starting out, um, small steps that you can make, just start looking at ingredient labels, maybe start just cutting out anything with, um, inflammatory oils. So mm-hmm. cut out things with vegetable oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, um, safflower, peanut, uh, cottonseed, soy, Wow. I didn't oil. know that those oils caused such inflammatory issues. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so really, really look into that. And yeah. See, the like, best ones really are. That. Yeah. Like avocado, extra virgin olive oil and, um, coconut oil. So, I mean, those are probably the best. Yeah. So maybe even just starting there, um, you know, it's baby steps. Yeah. And that's such a great thing for you to do. I thank you so much for sharing that because even I'm going to now do that where, I mean, I'm Italian. So everything is extra virgin olive oil on everything, which is probably too much. Um, but so um, good for you. I put it on my face, I put it on my hair. It's, it's a lot. Um, (laughs) I really like it. Um, but it's so true because it's a little step like that, that can change already so much. And it maybe can help someone out who's like, I feel overwhelmed by this. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Is because there's the other side of the spectrum where you want to be healthy, but sometimes the healthiness is so overwhelming and you have no idea where to start. So this is like a perfect Mm -hmm. intro into this. Now getting into the, the mind and gut connection, which I talk about a lot on the show of of the importance and the Mm -hmm. significance of that. Is that something also that you maybe learned in your time with Tony Robbins? Like, because I know that he is so into taking care of our mind, taking care of our energy, taking care of our bodies. Like, or is that something that you maybe learned from your parents? Like since they were doctors and specialists, like, or, you know, is it something that you learned somewhere completely somewhere else. Like, I don't know, some woo woo magician, you know, under a bridge. I don't know. Like where, where did you learn that, that, (laughs) that fun stuff? I think working for Tony really introduced me to this idea of mental fitness Mm. and that, you know, just like we work out all the time and you're always working on your body, you really have to be constantly working on your state of mind and like strengthening your brain, controlling your thoughts, um, you know, allowing yourself, he always says, you know, you can allot yourself a certain amount of time to suffering and staying in that. Mm. But outside of that, then you got to make the decision to move forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, mental health is really pivotal to his core teachings. Yeah. And so I definitely was first introduced to it there. Um, working for Tony, it was interesting because I'd say the company culture was very startup like, in that we all got to wear a lot of different hats. Oh, cool. And so there was a lot 
Yeah, there was a lot of creative liberty that we all were able to take and different things we were able to explore. And Mm. so I know I would be able to uh, do a lot of research and dive into having either guests on his podcasts or um, writing articles about gut health. Mm. Um, And so it really did plant seeds for um, me to, you know, start learning a lot more about your body, what you're feeding it every day, how that ties, you know, to mental health, you know, the whole like gut brain access, how, um, you know, imbalances in your gut microbiome are linked to mental health conditions. Um, you know, serotonin, 90% of the body serotonin is produced in the gut. So just everything about how your gut health really influences everything in in your life, essentially. No, it's so true. How, you know, what is something that, you know, you think why Tony Robbins is so special and why so many people are just so drawn to him and his talks? And I mean, I I have to tell you, I always knew about Tony Robbins because my mom, you know, had known about him and had talked about him, but I really became obsessed with him from Shallow How, that movie. I don't know if you ever saw it. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, favorite movie, like love that movie. Now I guess it's like totally not politically correct, like anything that they were doing in that movie. But I mean, at the time it was really funny, like, and we have to laugh like at that moment. Um, I think Jack Black is like an ultimate genius, but I like loved Tony Robbins so much in that film because I love the fact that he was like, it's a mindset, right? Like you say one little thing, it was the hypnosis and I use that in quotes, but I mean, it's one little thing, one little mindset change really can change the direction of your entire life. It can change the direction of how you look at people, how you see people. So what do you think it is about Tony that people are just so drawn to him? Like, why were you so drawn to work for him? I think first and foremost, he's incredibly intelligent, incredibly Mm. insightful into the human psyche. Um, but he also is incredibly authentic. Mm, So it's not just something that he preaches or that, you know, he just, just talks a talk. He walks a walk truly. Right. right. Um, everything he says he lives. And so, um, it was always really inspiring to be able to work for somebody like that. And, um, you know, everything he says and just like, especially looking at, you know, the mental fortitude you have to have, whether you're building a business or you're, you know, building a family or whatever you're, he always says that, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. So he really, you know, uh, I think resonates with people who he always says, he's not like a motivational speaker. The people Mm -hmm. that come to him, they're already motivated. They're already hungry. They just want to level up their game and elevate their life. Absolutely. And so, you know, and he absolutely, has a lot of amazing teachings that are applicable to somebody with that mental state. What is something that you learned when you left and you went and started Abbott's Butcher? What is something that you took from that time with Tony that that you brought to your company? I think, you know, it's kind of funny because in hindsight, it's very clear. But at the time, you know, I always knew that my working for Tony was an amazing experience, Mm. but I wouldn't say that my heart was completely in it. It wasn't never felt like this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Um, it was just a little piece of the puzzle to then get you to Abbott. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, my path to Abbott's was so, it was not linear whatsoever. 
Um, never had I worked before in food. Um, I'm not a chef. I mean, there's just a lot of pieces of the puzzle looking back actually helped set me up to build this company. Right. But when I started, you know, really just came from this place of this belief that this is a, something that's really missing, mm. um, in the market. And I think starting off at, um, farmers markets was a great opportunity. I spent two years at farmers markets. Wow. And one of Tony's business teachings is always been know your customer, not just demographics, but their psychographics. Mm. What gets them up in the morning? You know, what are their biggest pain points? What's their biggest nightmare? Like, how are you bringing more value to them than anyone else? Right. And I think keeping that in mind and really digging deep and learning who these people were outside of myself. Sure. Um, was critical because if you get really satisfied with a product and think this thing is the end all be all, this is perfect. I'm never going to innovate. Someone's always going to be better, faster, stronger. So you constantly have to be asking yourself, what can I do better for my customer? Mm. And like, as a company, we are very customer centric. We are constantly listening to feedback. We are always engaging with our customers. Like our products are not the hero. They're the heroes. We just get to be a part of their story and a part of their lives. And it's like such, but it is, it truly is like food is so personal. And you think like, wow, our products are feeding families. They're part of people's journeys towards wellness and taking back control of their health. Part of them, you know, they might be, Hey, I just want to cut out meat once a week and wear their protein. Right. I mean, it really is such an honor to be in their kitchen, in their homes. So what makes Abbott's Butcher different than any other, you know, product that we were talking about earlier in the sense of like a fake meat product or, you know, a, a protein, you know, substitute alternative to meat to, you mm-hmm. know, what, what, what makes it so different? I know that you guys are in Tokaya now, which is like one of my favorites and I like love it. Oh restaurant. yeah. So I think that that's so, so good. cool, but you know, what, what makes you so special and unique? So first it's our ingredients. I mean, we craft our proteins of very simple ingredients. Everything is pea protein, vegetables, herbs, spices, extra virgin olive oil, and vinegars. So, uh, every single ingredient, not only can you pronounce and understand, you can go (laughs) find it at whole foods. Um, so it's very simple, real ingredients. Second is like what we do that the customer doesn't even know about. So, um, you know, legally we're not required to disclose a lot of sub ingredients like anti-caking agents, for example, and spices, but we choose to do the right thing and not even use any anti-caking agent uh, in the spices. So it makes an extra tricky step, but it just seems really bad (laughs) and I just don't like it. It's just another additive. And like, yeah. people just don't need to be putting that in their body. And we think no. about, you know, kids eating this is like, I don't want to be feeding this, anything like that to my no. son. So no. why should anyone else, you know? And then lastly, like when we set out to, um, create these products, we were never trying to be a one-to-one match. Like a lot of other brands are for, um, it's animal counterpart. We don't need our product to bleed. We don't need to have that, like, metallic flavor that, you know, red meat has, we said, what do people crave here? Okay. About ground beef. It's that really earthy umami flavor. It's nice and savory. It's rich and hearty. So, wow. How can we create that using, you know, the porcini mushrooms Mm. to get that umami bite 
onion, garlic, tomato um, from California grown tomatoes. Wow. Um, pea protein is really clean source. Like it's a whole mechanical process that we use to isolate protein um, that doesn't require a chemical solvent like soy isolate does. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's the intention behind the product. And it's really like these products are really easy to use in your everyday diet. Like cook them up in five minutes. You have dinner in 10 minutes. You can make a bolognese with the ground beef, chorizo tacos, take the chicken, cook it up, put a curry sauce on it. Um, they're just really easy and let people, um, you know, it fits seamlessly into people's lives or chef's menus like Takaya. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's perfect for a chef menu. Like that's it. We're at home. Like, what am I going to feed my baby? I want to make sure that she gets to bed at this time. So I have 10 minutes to figure it out and I'm not going to go and make a whole souffle right now. So what can I do? This is the best thing for her. So that's totally, you know how time starved we are. It's like the last thing you feel like at the end of the day is cooking dinner. I did need something easy. Absolutely. I feel like every single day I just end up making a pasta because it's what I know how to make. It's super easy. And it's like this way I can do it like a bolognese and just put that in there. And I totally, I mean, so easy and so great and and so nice for, I'm really into having my daughter try different flavors and different because she gets excited. Like at first I would only do steamed things. And then recently she's been eating all my stuff that has olive oil and peppers and garlic on it. And I'm like, oh my God, she mm-hmm. likes all this. This is so bizarre. And she walks around and I'll see her face and it lights up like, what is this flavor? And I'm like, okay, I get it. And you like, don't want the bland food anymore. You've made that perfectly clear. Like you want a full She got a taste of, of it. She's not turning back. She is not <laughs> turning back. And she's like, nope, I do not want this anymore. I want that. I'm like, okay, well, we'll do this. Well, speaking of, of being a mom, and what we feed our babies. Now we're going to get into the like mom questions that I have for you. Um, And we have babies very similar in age, which is so exciting. I didn't realize how similar in age they are. So we're, we're going through that same, the same, you know, milestones and steps together, if you will. Mm -hmm. How was it for you before you had the baby? Like when, you know, when, right before I guess you were going to have the baby when you were like antsy and like, oh my God, it's happening because that's how I was like, oh my gosh. And trying to Mm -hmm. keep a business together because I feel like so many moms who are entrepreneurs and are running businesses, the balance is so, so, so tricky because you want to make sure that you're there for your child 150%. You want to be sure that you're the best version of yourself so they can have a great role model. But then you're like, oh my God, I have a whole company to run. So I've been interviewing Mm -hmm. all these amazing moms and all these different types of roles and different careers. And I always, you know, seem to ask the same question of like, how do you do it? You know, where is the balance? What do you find? Do you have any tips and tricks for me? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. It's hard. And, you know, I've kind of thrown out this idea of balance and I call it now work-life integration. I love that. So um, I'm fortunate enough to work from home uh, four days a week. I'm at the office one day a week um, in meetings all day. But, you know, I have to be really regimented. And that's really what I found the only way to kind of like stay afloat. Um, So I wake up really early and that hour of alone time that I have to like get up and work out and, you know, chug a ton of water and just like get myself together before 
you know, the baby wakes, that is precious to me in order to start my day off on the right foot. Mm. And so, um, and also just like get my mind and my like mental state, Sure, you know, I feel like primed for the busy day ahead. Well, it's setting the tone for the rest of the day. And I feel 100%. like if that's off, I, I, I know when sometimes I oversleep and I miss that moment of, you know, even 10 minutes, just being able to wash my face and brush my teeth by myself. Um, you, you just know, need that. You just need, need that moment to be like, okay, here's setting the tone for the rest of the day. And then, you know, so the morning time is really, I mean, it's after that, it's devoted to the baby until um, we're fortunate enough to have um, a nanny. And so an incredible nanny and she comes at 830. And so, you know, from 830 to five, I'm in constant meetings. I have to be really efficient now with my time. You know, it's kind of funny. I look back to like before Rob was here and you my husband also, he's also has a startup. And so we would work crazy hours, but yeah. we had, it's, it's not complaining. It's almost saying like, wow, we had all the time in the world. We could yeah. sit on, you know, our meetings and, you know, we be able to work late <laughs> at night, talk. you know, yeah. yeah, totally. But now it's like, no, I have to be incredibly efficient because five to seven thirty is a very sacred time for me. And that's like, I give the baby my full attention because yeah. Um, I can't throughout the day. He'll right. crawl in and, you know, he'll be on Zoom sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I still go put him down for his nap, hug him, kiss him. I still like to make his lunch. So yeah. I still put that together. That's so sweet. Um, but that 5 to 7.30 is really sacred. And sure. then 7.30 on, it's, you know, my husband and I get to spend a little time together, but then we're like working side by side. So by no means do I have it figured out and think there's any sort of balance it's just kind of what's working for right now. Well, and I think it's also what I've learned talking to so many different, you know, moms, you know, new moms, I would say, um, is that it's every day is different. Like you, and you have Mm -hmm. to give yourself grace and you have to forgive yourself because some days you're going to be super efficient and you're going to be great. And you're going to be like, I'm getting this done. I'm going to have this meeting and I'm going to record this episode and I'm going to shoot this and we're going to be great. And then I'm going to have the baby and everything's going to be awesome. And some days are just like, you can't focus. You don't know what to do. The baby's screaming. There's no way that they're going to stop. Maybe they're a little sick. Maybe, Maybe they're teething. You don't know what it is. And you just need to just take that moment and let's just like breathe it out. You know what I mean? And and really like a hundred percent and really focus because I, I, I don't, I, I don't. And I think the other thing is, is I don't think anyone has it figured out. And I think that that's what we have to remember. A hundred percent. And I think the one rule that I live by and, you know, our whole team, um, it's important for me that they know this too, but it's family first. I mean, if there's something going on with anyone's kids, you need to attend to that first. Yeah. And then the meetings can wait, work can wait. Um, you know, there's really nothing important than family. Oh, I love kids. that. And I love, and that's so nice that you say that out loud to the other people that work with you too. So they know that it's not just you because it's like, I'm the boss. I'm Carrie Song. I can do whatever I want. Like, no, no, no. You are letting yeah, everyone no. know. You have your families. That's the most important thing. And I think also, I mean, I'm sure you can agree with me of that social media also makes it seem like everyone has everything all perfectly worked out and everything is great, you know, and it's, it's, it's the blessing and the curse of social media because it's like, yeah, you can learn so much, but at the same time, it just makes you often feel like you're falling short, you know? And, and I'm like, how can they do all this, have the job and then still have time to like do your hair? 
I'm like, well, stays. My hair's in a bun. So, How? you know, I don't think I, I have yeah. not taken a shower by myself but maybe one time in six months because now my daughter has figured out how to take a shower with me and it is like the best time in the world for her. So she comes mm-hmm. in and she has all of her stuff oh, that she so puts sweet. on the thing. Like she has her little like flashcards that, that stick to the wall and, and that's how we shower now. Like she refuses to oh, I'm going to have to look at those. Yeah, You're going to have to send me the it's link really for her to get those. Yes, okay. it's really great. And, and you know, she does her water toys in there. I'm like, well, I guess we're saving water because it's a two for one activity. So I guess we can say this. <laughs> You know, um, but it's like, we're always together and look, I love it. It's amazing, but it's, but it's remembering that it's, it is important to be able to have that morning alone for just even five minutes just to be able to breathe. Is there anything that you do, um, you know, for mindfulness that you would say, or maybe that you learn from Tony, you know, in your time, like with meditation or breath work or exercise, like, is there anything that you recommend mindfulness as like an entrepreneur, badass mama? I would say, I mean, the one thing, you know, Tony really preaches, and again, I'm sure everyone knows this, but it's like filling your cup up first. And like, you have to be like, a lot of people will judge and think it's selfish to go work out every day. I have to do that just to be at sea level. Yes. And so that's part of like needing that for myself in the morning, even if it's 20 minutes, right. quick 20 minutes. Um, right. I need to do something to yes. move my body. Yeah. And that for me is it running is meditation. It's helping get my mindset right for the rest of the day. It gets my blood flowing. It makes me, it changes my entire mental state. Mm. So that to me is more, it's as important as brushing my teeth to me. No, I, I, I completely agree. And I know so many people that I'm not a worker outer, so I can't say that, but, but for me, it's the mindfulness of meditation or, you know, taking some sort of Mm -hmm. doing breath work. But I know that so many friends of mine, new moms, like they, they get up at 6am. I have one friend that she, she gets up at like 5am and is starting to work out. And I'm like, how does she do it? Like, bless. She's such a badass. Like, I can't believe that she can do it, but it helps. And it helps set the tone for the rest of the day. And it allows her to be the best version of herself. And that's her version of meditation. And that's amazing. If you can find that, that's amazing. hundred percent. I think it's like, find your ritual, whatever that is, and then just stick to it every day because you'll find comfort and like solace in that, that helps really get you in the right mindset for the rest of the day. I love that. Find your ritual. Now, for those who are maybe on the cusp of trying to figure out, you know, maybe they have an idea for a product or, you know, they they have this this crazy wild idea that they want it to accomplish, but they don't know how to do it. What was the biggest step for you with Abbott's Butcher that you would recommend to other entrepreneurs out there? I mean, honestly, just going for it. I mean, if you really feel connected to your reason, you believe this is, it's a purpose-driven, like mission-driven um, endeavor, mm-hmm. then you, that will be your fuel to get through the rough times because there will be rough times. And it's, you know, problems as you grow as a company um, don't go away. You will always have challenges. You just want them to be a higher quality challenge. Right. Um, but you know, we started in farmers markets for two years before, you know, and there's a lot I didn't know then that obviously I know now, like, you know, I didn't even understand how distribution worked, how 
brokers or how like retail um, buyers selected products. I literally, our first retail partner was Mother's Market. I don't know if you know them. They're mostly in Orange County. Yes. Yeah. I went and knocked on their corporate office door and just asked to speak to the buyer and literally met them, asked them if I could bring them lunch because I'm like, who's going to turn down a free lunch. No one. And I certainly would. Yeah. And so I catered their office lunch one day and the buyer said, okay, we'll take it. And they put us into their nine stores. So I didn't know that it's a kind of a nutty thing to do. I thought, Hey, maybe this is how it works, but you just got to go for it and be scrappy and, you know, be willing to take a chance on yourself and your product. If you really believe in it. I love that. I think that it's so true though. If you really believe in something and your, your heart and soul is into it, it shows other people can see that. And I mean, obviously it has to be a good product. It can't just be like some, a random thing, but it has to be good sure. and quality, you know, but if you believe in it, you have to get in there and you have to just sell it. I mean, I, and it's exhausting. You talk about it all the time, but you're going to have to talk about it. You have to go on podcasts and, and do this because it's so true. And I, I, I just, I can't recommend enough Abbott's Butcher. It's something that I've currently been eating. I can't wait for my daughter to now try it since she's now into spices all of a sudden and now has a, <laughs> has a, a refined palate, if you will. Um, so I, I'm so excited. Carrie, I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone on the show. What is your emotional support? Honestly, it's, it's my family. Um, you know, I have an incredibly supportive husband who has been with me through this whole business journey every second of the way. I mean, I remember even my first time in a commercial kitchen, he came with me. He loves Aww. to remind me of the fact that I started crying in the first time, I was in there, which I don't remember, no. but he was like, no, you got to keep going. And I mean, there have been so many challenges, but he's always been my biggest cheerleader. And, you know, and he's so hands-on with our son. It's like truly 50-50 split. Wow, There's no, um, yeah, he's an, crazy, an amazing father. And I think, you know, we're both so mission-driven to really lead this world better than when we found it. So right. he has really been my emotional support. And I mean, the kids really, when you have them for yourself, I find I care so much more about how we are leaving this earth and the the mm-hmm. the way that we are feeding our babies. I, I care about it so much more than I ever could have possibly thought that I would when you have your own child. And I'm not saying someone to have their child just so they can see that, you know, um, but it's, but it's something that I've experienced and obviously you've experienced. And totally so, different level now, you know, how yeah. we think about like all of our actions and what we're teaching them and, knowing how many people out there suffer from a chronic illness or even just something as like everyday commonplace as like IBS. I mean, food really, I'm not, I come from a family of doctors. My brother's a doctor. My father-in-law's a doctor. My father is a doctor. Lots of doctors. (laughs) So believe in Western medicine, but I don't think you can set your body up for success without changing the way you eat because food is medicine. It is power. And I think without that, you know, you're, you're just kind of constantly trying to push a boulder uphill. So it's little things we can do that have a massive impact um, that the power of food is really instrumental. And I think teaching our kids about that um, also just, you know, sharing more about what true compassionate Mm -hmm. living is like conscious eating. um, There's a lot of power in that, you know, that can 
help them change the world. Well, I'll leave you with this one story, this one quick story. Um, you know, my husband is from Boston. He has, he was raised on meat and potatoes. Like, you know, that's just how they ate. Like they didn't know any different. Um, it wasn't like me that was raised. I was raised very different, you know, as a vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I never would judge those that I dated for eating meat or fish or anything. Not at all. You know, you do you. Sure. But I didn't love it, but I didn't say anything. And um, one of my birthday gifts when we first started dating was he adopted um, a sheep for me at this place called the Gentle Barn in Los Angeles. It's yes, amazing. Yes, Gentle Barn, of course. Oh, I love the Gentle Barn. I think they have one in St. Louis. Um, I think upstate New York now. It's an incredible organization, mm -hmm. and I highly recommend everyone check them out. And he adopted Stanley the sheep for me because my grandpa who had passed, who was my best friend, was named Stanley. So we thought it was really funny that there was a Stanley the sheep. So we went to the Gentle Barn on on my birthday and um you know a chicken named Rebecca just ran up to him ran up to him hopped in his arms like it was a dog and laid her 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 neck um and her chin on the top of his shoulder and literally hugged him and oh. he I have video of it. He started tearing up and crying and it was the first time I'd ever seen him emotional. I'm like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" and he goes, what is going on? Why is this chicken hugging me right now? And after that moment, he never ate meat ever again because it wow. was this moment for him where he still craves it and still can still like, oh, he looks at like a steak and is like, that looks good. But he has mm -hmm. no desire to eat it and not out of punishment for, you know, himself or me. You know, he was just like, I have made such a connection with this chicken that I have there there it's like a dog to me. Yeah. And he's a dog lover and we have animals and obviously and um <laughs> you know he, he he couldn't do it again and he turned away. He still eats fish, but he could not after that moment eat meat. So he's been on this mission of always trying to find something that wow. was delicious that was a meat alternative because for him it was less about the health of choice and it was more yeah. about I had this emotional connection with the chicken that I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I That's incredible. left them in a room together. They were just so in love. I was like, okay, he's <laughs> loving me for a chicken. This is it. Like this is, he's, a, he's strange. Like he's bizarre. Like we're not going further in a relationship and here we are married with the child. Um, but, um, it's, it's so true. And so your product, I want you to know he like absolutely is obsessed with because it tastes like meat to him in a good way though. Like, you yeah. know, it's that flavor thing that he was missing. The craving. Yeah. 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 It's that flavor that he was missing. Um, so, you know, you don't always stop eating meat, you know, for, for health benefits. Sometimes you do it because you fall in love with a chicken named Rebecca. So there's that. Uh, hundred <laughs> percent. There's Gary, so many reasons, but the, that one's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one, right? Well, Gary, how can everyone find Abbott's Butcher and find you? Sure. Yeah. Um, Abbott's is available nationwide at Sprouts, Fresh Market, Fresh Time, Natural Grocers, um, Whole Foods, Target. Um, most natural chains like Moms or Mothers, Air One. Um, we're also a number of restaurants. So, um, but you can check our website out at abbotsbutcher.com. Amazing. Thank you.